The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Praise God. Amen. Well, why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high, and shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, I'll learn from God's Word, and my life will never be the same, because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Amen. So we've been talking about uh, ministering and receiving healing. Uh, so ministering healing to others, receiving healing to yourself. And uh, last uh, week, not last week, two weeks ago, last week we took a little detour uh, because it was Easter. So we, we were talking about the meaning of the cross and uh, several other things we talked about. Uh, but today we are back at it, continuing from where we left off two weeks ago. We had started a journey looking at how uh, the words of your mouth uh, play a part uh, in you receiving divine health or divine healing, depending on which one uh, you are believing God for. Amen. If you read in Proverbs chapter number 10, verse 11, it says, The mouth of a righteous man. Who is a righteous man? Anyone who's born again. He says, The mouth of a righteous man is a well of life. In other words, when you learn how to use your words right, uh, you produce life. It's a, it's a well of life. And then he goes on to say, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. And then if you go to Proverbs uh, chapter number 18, verse 21, it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. And so last week we said, that death and life are the two extremities of where we live here on the earth. You know, death is over there on the other extreme and life is over there on the other extreme. And what the scripture is telling us here in Proverbs 18.21 is, with your mouth you can drag things that were, you know, are struggling and dying on the extremity of death uh, and bring them over here to the extremity of life. And uh, 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 the opposite is also true. You can also, with your mouth, drag things that were flourishing and thriving over there if you speak death, and you can drag them into the realm of death. And so we need to learn how to use our words to our advantage. Amen? We need to learn how to speak life to our lives, so as it were, and not speak death to our lives. Amen? Amen. And so if you read the same scripture in the New Living Translation... Uh, it's interesting. He says, the tongue, or your words, you know, the tongue, your words. He says, the tongue can bring death or life. Did you see that? He says, with your tongue, you can either bring death or life. And he says, those who love to talk will reap the consequences. And that word consequence there just simply means a result or an effect of an action, both positive and negative. So your words are going to produce after its kind. Amen? Uh, I know if this is not the way uh, people think out there in the world. People think, you know... Uh, words are nothing. I mean, uh, you know, I was just joking. But uh, according to the principle of God, whatever you spell out is, gone, is going forth to create. Amen. And so we need to learn how to use our words uh, in, the, in, the, in the positive so that we can create life and not uh, create death. In the world, they say things like, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never you know, harm me. But according to this scripture, uh, Proverbs 18, 21, words can bring death. Yeah. I mean, that's a serious issue. Amen. Uh, words, a careless use of words can bring death to your finances. It can bring death to your relationships. It can bring death to your health. 
It can bring death to, you know, uh, uh, everything, your vision, your purpose, the things that God has called you to do. A careless use of words will bring death to all those things that God has already given you. I mean, think about the children of Israel. God had uh, come to them while they were in Egypt, and God said to them, I'm taking you to this land that flows with milk and honey. And if you go and read it in Numbers, God didn't say that I'm taking you to a land that I'm thinking about giving you. He says, I'm taking you to a land that I've already given to you. So the promise had already been given. It was guaranteed. But the 10 spies with several other millions, with a careless use of words, decided to start speaking impossibility. And so they said, man, we we went there and we saw a a bunch of people, tall, they're giants uh, in this land, and we were like grasshoppers in their eyes. And uh, uh, unfortunately, whatever you say, (laughs) according to this principle, is true. And so they became grasshoppers in the giant's eyes. But if you read in Numbers 14, verse 6, it says, according to Joshua and Caleb's perspective, because they had a different confession, they said, no, these giants aren't, you know, giants. They're bread for our food. And let, let us go up at once and defeat them. So they, they got what they believed. They went up, defeated the giants. The ones that said the giants, it's impossible to take this land, they got what they believed too. So we need to learn how to use words uh, in line with God's promises for our lives. Can I get an amen? amen? So let's lay a foundation quickly. Let's go to Luke 6, 45. Luke chapter number 6, uh, verse 45. So you've got to, you know, speak life to your body, uh, speak life to your relationships, uh, speak life to your finances. Uh, there are several promises in scripture that you can really uh, put in your heart and begin to pronounce over these different things. Amen. And so it says in Luke 6, 45, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth that which is good. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth that which is evil. Let me stop right there before I continue. Notice uh, both statements have the word treasure in them. He calls evil treasure too. Did you see that? He said good treasure, but there's also evil treasure. Why did he call evil treasure? Because faith is based on what you value. Your faith for anything is based on the information that you value. And so this is why he says uh, the good man out of a good treasure or whatever you treasure in your heart. That's what he calls good treasure. He says a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth that which is good. So good treasure brings forth goodness. Evil treasure brings forth uh, uh, evilness. Amen? I said amen. Amen. And so we need to be careful uh, what we allow uh, to be treasure in our hearts. Have you ever heard this idiom? I think it's an idiom where people say, uh, don't take it to heart. You know, someone says something and they wanted to hurt you or something. And then someone will come to you and say, but don't take it to heart. That's a good advice. You know, don't take it to heart because whatever you take to heart, it means you value it and it's going to ultimately, if you continue reading this scripture, it says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What it means by that is your mouth is automated to speak whatever you put in your heart in large enough quantities. In other words, your mouth, you thought your mouth had a choice in the matter. Your mouth does not have a choice in the matter. In fact, for the most part, your mouth will surprise you. You didn't even know it was there in your heart. And someone comes and press, presses the wrong button, and oh, he starts coming out. Ooh, where did that come from? They were driving, it was a bunch of preachers, I think they were driving uh, past uh, Monte Casino there, and, uh, you know, they told me this story. They're driving a bunch of preachers, you know, Listening to praise and worship music. It's playing in the background. Your song is playing in the background. And then the driver, he got cut. Someone cut him. And then from the abundance of his heart, his mouth began to speak. And he starts, you know, saying whatever that was in his heart concerning the issue. And after he finished saying, he realized, oh, there are other preachers in the car. He turned around and he said, well, I don't know where that came from. Well... We, we know exactly where that came from. That came from what you treasure. So every word that's spoken to you must be evaluated 
to see whether it's treasure or it's trash. Do not allow your heart to be turned into a trash can. I know we don't use that, but I want a word that rhymes with treasure. Don't, don't, you know, just to make it kind of cool, right? It's, a, it's better than bean. Don't allow them to turn your heart into a trash can when God wants it to be a treasure chest. Did you see how it rhymes? Trash can, treasure chest. God wants your heart to be a treasure chest. This is why he says in Proverbs 4, 23, guard your heart with how much? All diligence, because out of it will flow the what? The issues of life. So every word, someone say every word. Every word that's spoken to you should be evaluated to see whether it's, it's uh, treasure or it's trash. If it's trash, it has no place in your heart. Don't take it to heart. Amen. Man, some of you listen to people you don't have any business listening to. You know, you're listening to people that haven't been through what you've been through. You're listening to people that haven't overcome. And they just have the full reign to come into your life and start criticizing you uh, without you checking their resume. I always check people's resume before I, I receive what they have to say. I always check them to see, you know, how does it weigh up against what I'm doing? At least I'm trying. Amen. I mean, I'm getting beat up along the way, but at least I'm trying. I'm running through some stuff. Amen. Amen. It's so easy when you're sitting in the terraces to criticize the players on the field. Or better yet, when you're sitting on your couch and you're watching on television. You know, my daughter, uh, the older one, she always says, but dad, why are you talking? They can't even hear you. I said, but I got to get stuff out of my chest. You know, when I'm watching the game, I'm not quiet. Come on, don't act like fools. Run. You've got to put some energy into your tacos. You know, I'm talking and I'm criticizing them. And, and, and I'm not working as hard as they. It would be foolish for them to start trying to play according to me. Oh, that's good preaching. And some of you are trying to play the game according to the people in the terraces. You're taking to heart every single word that, hey, people are going to criticize you whether you do something or you do nothing at all. They're going to say something. Amen. And if you try to play according to the, do you know how many different opinions are in the terraces? I mean, fans, we all, have, we all think the team should play a different formation. All of us, all 60,000 of us, think differently. Now, if they were going to uh, consider what we think before they play, there won't be any game. And some of you, because you take to heart and you turn trash into treasure, you haven't been able to do anything. In fact, it will paralyze you. Before you know it, you start, you know, speaking the same. You can't build around negative people. Scripture says in uh, Ephesians 4.29, it says, Let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth, but that which is good to the edifying, so that it may minister grace to the hearer. Amen. So the purpose of communication uh, around a Christian community is to edify. It is to build up. That word edify is an edifice, a big building. And if you're going to big uh, build big, you need people that know how to use words. Amen. You can't build big with people that are, you know, just critical. You know, we started this journey of writing, you know, songs. And, um, you know, the one thing I like about our team is that they're not, they're not critical. No idea is, is crazy. No idea is, you know, foolish. Every idea, we have to pursue it. We may not go through with, with it creatively, but every idea, there's something in there. And so when you come up with an idea and say, man, I'm getting this melody, the guys get excited. Ooh, man, that's so good. And those are the people that you ought to surround yourself with. People that will take a word and build on it. Amen. People that will cheer you on. People that will speak life. It's interesting that after Paul said it to the church at Ephesus, he also said it to the church at Colossae in Colossians 4, 6, the same thing. He said, let your words be seasoned with salt so that you may have the right answer uh, for every you know, situation that you find yourself in. Amen? Amen. And so you need to take yourself uh, out of uh, you know, environment with negative people. Some people, they're just so negative. That if you put them in a dark room, they will develop. 
Now, now, that's a joke for people from the 90s. I may need to explain that to, to the young ones. Kutle is thinking, what does that even mean? You know, what are you talking about? Okay, here's the deal is that way back in the 90s, Kutle, we, we had cameras that, you know, you take photos and we had a film in the camera, right? Uh, uh, you take photos, Caleb, this is, you know, we had a film in the camera. And then the film, when you take photos, were called negatives. And then you took the negatives to the lab, and they would have to work on the negatives in the dark. I don't know why, but they would take the negatives in the dark for them to develop them. And so some people are so negative, if you take them into that room. <laughs> now Kutle is smiling. He finally got it. He said, Pastor, he said, Pastor that's good preaching. But here's, but here's the deal, is that, is that don't take things to heart that you, you shouldn't be taking to heart. Amen. Amen. amen? I said amen. amen. Because when you put them in your heart, if they find themselves in your mouth, the, the mouth is the final seal of approval of your thoughts. It is the last department of approval. When it comes into your mouth, if you speak it out, it's coming at you. Amen. One day it's going to come and it will knock at your door. Amen. I said amen. amen. Whatever you release in words, you have given authority to become in your life. Amen. Did you hear what I said? Amen. I think it's powerful. Let me say that, say that one more time. Whatever you release, if you're writing down notes, this is very important to write. Whatever you release in words, you have already given authority to become in your life. Whatever it is, whether it's positive or it's negative. Quickly, let's go to Daniel, chapter number 10. You know, Daniel had prayed a prayer uh, to the Lord, and uh, he had asked God for something. And, uh, you know, the Lord answered him, but it took a little while before it manifested. And so Daniel went on a fast. And while he was on the fast, you know, the angels uh, fought to break through because Daniel was... You know, you know, praying and, and releasing a, a word. We're going to look into that, how you can activate angels in your life. And uh, after that, all of that happened, when the angel finally came to, to Daniel, this is what he said, verse 11. He said unto me, O Daniel, men greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. And while he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. This is Daniel, verse 12. Then he said to me, I'm reading in the New King James, right? He said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand, notice, he says from the first day that you set your what? So the first thing you need to set is your what? Your heart. If your heart is set, then your mouth is all right. He says from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God, what happened? Your words were heard and I have come because of your words. It's interesting that the angel didn't say, I have come because this issue is pressing. It's got to be dealt with. Did you see that? The angel of the Lord said to Daniel, the reason I'm here, the reason I have come is simply because of one thing and one thing only. I have come because of your of your words, because of what you said. And so everything you speak in your life, man, I wish, this is awesome, I wish everything you say in your life introduced itself this way. You know when you order on uh, Superbalist on Amazon, when you order stuff, there's she in now, she in now, when you order that thing, and then it comes, and then uh, uh, they ring, they, they dial your number at the gate, and you let them in. Man, I wish that happened with all your negativity. You, you know, you call your husband stupid, right? And then the angels deliver, but they make it graphic. They get to the gate, and then they ring your number. Your number is nine. They ring your number nine, and then you say, who is it? They say, it's DHL. What are you here for? We're here to deliver. What? A stupid husband. <laughs> And then you say, why? And then they say this. They say, they say, they say this. They say, and I have come because of your words. You know, I wish everything introduced it this way. You know, when you say, uh, 
I don't know how I'm going to make it this month. I just don't know how I'm going to make it this month. And then, not knowing how you're going to make it this month, manifests itself, but it must be graphic. It comes, it rings, it rings your door. Knock, knock, knock. Who's there? Not knowing how you're going to make it this month is here. Why have you come? I have come because of your words. I wish, I wish everything in life introduced it, itself this way. If, if it was this graphic, maybe, only maybe, we would learn how to use our words positively. Amen. amen. I said amen. amen. You know, I'm just, I'm just broke. I'm just broke. The petrol has gone up. I don't know how I'm going to fill up my car. All of that summed up in one nice package. Put a little ribbon on it. Knocks on your door. How I'm going to make it this month? The petrol is going to be... You know that the petrol is expensive to only those that think it's expensive. There are some people who haven't paid attention, and to them, <laughs> that's what they're getting. You know, having to live their lives above, supernaturally, uh, a God that supplies all their needs, doing his thing. All of that is delivered to their door, and they don't ever have to worry about stuff because they make God their provider. And somehow, that gets delivered to them too. It's time you start speaking different about your business. Start saying, man, we're going to get the most customers this month. Hey, if the customers don't go to anybody else, it don't matter. But for us, we are going to get the most customers this month. When you start speaking like that, it changes your reality. But when you say, oh, well, it's just the uh, COVID-19, it's just the corona season, the pandemic is here, so we're all struggling and, you know, we're just going to hold hands and all struggle. All of that is going to get delivered into your life. It's high time people start learning how to change their confession and use their mouth to their advantage. Can I get an amen? amen? The angel of the Lord said, I have come because of your word. Why? Because both angels, watch this now, if you're writing down notes, this is important. Both angels and demons respond to your words. Wow. Our words give them authority to deliver packages. Let's go to Psalm 103. Psalm 103, verse 20. Listen to what it says. It says, Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength. That do his commandments, you know, that word commandment, you could uh, substitute it with the word, uh, his word, his, the word of God. Amen. You could, you could read it this way. Bless the Lord, you, his angels, that excel in strength, that do his word. Angels do his word. They don't do your opinion. Ooh, this is good. They don't do something positive. You know, I'm not preaching positive affirmation. Affirmation is just saying something nice and cute. That's not what I'm preaching. God doesn't watch over something nice and cute to perform it. He watches over one thing and one thing only. Jeremiah 1.12. He says he watches over his word to perform it. Amen. I said amen. And so what we are talking about is not affirmation. We're talking about confession, which is a Greek word, homologio, which is, you know, homo. That means one, right? Or the same. Logio is where we get the logos of God's word. And so positive confession or the law of confession says this. I'm going to say the same thing that God is saying. And God will back it up. He watches over his word, right? He says, these angels excel in strength that do his word, hearkening unto the voice of his word. So he says, these angels do two, do two things. Uh, uh, the first thing is they do his word. But the second thing they do before they do his word is to hearken or heeding the voice of the Lord, which means paying attention to the what? To the voice of his word. Who gives voice to his word? This is why scripture says, let the redeemed of the Lord, he said, let the redeemed of the Lord believe it. He says, let the redeemed of the Lord say something. Amen. amen. I said, amen, because there's power in your words. And so angels are waiting to hear the voice of his word. 
There's thousands upon thousands of angels. Angels are not fairy tale. If you read over there in the book of Hebrews, it says they are servants to those who are heirs of salvation. Every single one of us have thousands upon thousands of angels waiting to serve us, waiting to do something for us. You know, I have people that come to the house to help me with stuff. You know, uh, uh, when things break, we get people to come and help. When they come, I don't do the stuff that they're supposed to do. I let them do the stuff. Yes. Amen. Amen. Amen? And some of you have had angels for hundreds of years. Not, no, no one hundreds of years, but we've had angels as the body of Christ for hundreds of years that we haven't used. You know why? Because the angels are waiting for an instruction, and the only instruction they're going to do is not how pressing it is. It is not your opinion. It is not how tight the situation is. The only thing the angels are waiting for before they spring into action is the voice of his word. So the angels are waiting for someone to say something from God's word. And here I might say, some of your angels, they haven't, they, haven't, they haven't done anything for a long time. Because you won't say anything from God's word. You know, you say something from the news. You definitely say something from social media. You definitely say something from WhatsApp. Or you quote one of the, you know, uh, business people. Ain't nothing wrong with quoting them. God doesn't watch over that. He watches over his word. And that's why sometimes I, you know, I listen to these sermons, and in my mind, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm, I'm listening to this sermon. It just sounds like a motivational speech. No word, no scripture, nothing, no Bible verse. It's just, it sounds good. And, and sometimes the woke church, they, they come up with these fancy title series. If someone gets hit in, 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 in Hollywood, they'll come up with a series to match that. Because just it's a popularity context, you know, context. That's what it is. And, and if you don't get the word, the angels aren't moving. The angels are just chilling out, just waiting for you to say something from the word. It's, man, is, when is he going to ever say something from the word? When is he ever going to say something? Their wings getting dust from not going anywhere. They haven't flapped them in a while. They're just waiting. Maybe today it is. Maybe today they went to church. At least today they will say something from God's word. But as soon as you come out, there you go again. Oh, the weather is terrible. Oh, it's too hot. Oh, it's too cold. I just don't know what I'm going to do. Swing low, swing cherry. It's not a verse. You know it's not a verse, right? Amen. And you just, you, it's a country song, right? You're just singing country song and how it's tough how things are happening oh i don't know the the we've been many years two three years ago it was we've been downgraded by moodley and them we've been downgraded that's what people were confessing and 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 the angels can't work on on that they can't do anything some of your angels have had to go to a conference organize a conference of they don't speak god's word International conference, third year in a row they are attending to. How can we help them at least speak something from God's word? Man, some of you, you will get to heaven and God is going to present you with brand new angels. Mileage, zero. They haven't gone anywhere. These angels haven't gone anywhere because they haven't heard his word. They haven't, they haven't heard you speak his word. Now watch what he wants us to say. Contrary to being, I stated a statement last week, two weeks ago, and I think it's powerful. Write this down if you're writing down notes. God hasn't called us to be social commentators. He has called us to be divine orchestrators. God hasn't called you to just make a commentary of what's going on. He has called you to speak something different so you can turn the ship in a different direction. Amen. I said, amen. Go with me to Joel, chapter number 3, verse 10. Joel, chapter number 3, verse number 10. Thank you, Jesus. You can look up. I want you to read it. Look at what it says. They're getting ready to go to war, right? And so God is telling them to turn their uh, plowshares into swords so they can, you know, fight. And uh, their pruning hooks into spears, you know, so they can fight. And then he gave them this uh, war strategy. He said, and talk to the weak. This is what I want you to do, Joel. As you go to battle, I want you to talk to the weak. I want you to talk to the hurting. I want you to talk to the broke. I want you to talk to the sick. And I want you to talk to them. And this is what I want you to say to them. I want you to say to the weak. Let the weak say, I am strong. 
how come you didn't say let the weak say I'm weak? He didn't say let the weak say I'm weak. We know they're weak. He said, let the weak say I'm strong. Because he hasn't called you just to make a commentary of what's your, what you're going through. He's called you to make a confession that's lined up with the word of God. That's true to who you are in your true identity. And that's what you confess. Not what you are going through. Can I get an amen? amen. Let's go to Job. Chapter number 22. You have to know who you are in your identity. Job 22, uh, verse 28 to 29. Watch what it says. <clears throat> he said, you, who, 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 who did he say? You. He said, you. You will also declare a thing and eat the thing you what? Declare. He said, you, you, the responsibility is on you and I. He said, you will also declare a thing and eat the thing will be established for, for you. Now, this principle works both in the positive and in the negative. If you declare sickness, you will declare a thing, sickness, and it, sickness, will be established for you. If you confess uh, uh, being broke, busted, and disgusted, you will declare it and it, being broke, busted, and disgusted, will be established for you. If you declare being weak, right, it will be established for you. Did you read that? He says, you will also declare a thing, and it, the thing, will be established for you, so light will shine on your ways. Next verse, watch what he says. When they cast you down, you say, You don't say, oh, I've been cast down. <laughs> when they cast you down, you say, exaltation or promotion will come. Amen. Then he will save the humble. Oh, is this the King James? Okay. When men are cast down, then thou, thou is you, you shall say, So when there's a newspaper headline that says men are cast down, you don't copy and paste that on WhatsApp and send it to your friend. Did you see that? I'm trying to bring it to, to today. I'm trying to bring it closer to home. When, when there's an article that says men are cast down, fuel is going up, everybody's going to struggle. You don't copy that and then paste it in an email and send it to me. You read that for yourself. When you talk to me, at least say there is a lifting up. In other words, promotion has come. And it's in line with the same prophet that said, Let the weak say, I am strong. When men are cast down, you shall say there is a lifting up. I might add, if you are sick, you say, I am the yield of the Lord. And then the songwriter said, Let the poor say, I am rich. Because it's easy to swim downstream and go with the flow. In fact, the devil has mastered the art of putting you under pressure to change your confession. We're going to talk about it next week in Hebrews. He says, hold on to your confession without wavering. In other words, it's going to take a little bit of gusto for you to say something by faith and not just be a social commentator. Anybody and their mama can be a social commentator, but those who walk by faith will choose to speak something according to God's word. Let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor say I am rich. Let the sick say I am the yield of the Lord. Amen. And if there's a casting down, we shall say there's a lifting up. Amen. You know, when COVID started, uh, 2019, I think, 2020, 2020, uh, man, I had several pastors trying to contact me, say, man, oh man, this is going to be interesting. It's going to be, oh, it's going to be a crazy time. We're going into a drought season. And I, I didn't want to participate. Because yeah. I know better than that. When problems come, it's time for promotion. Amen. Amen. Scripture tells us uh, in Romans 5.20, I believe, 
it says in Romans 5.20, uh, uh, where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. In other words, where the pressure comes, God is getting ready to bring you your biggest promotion. But the problem is if you fold under pressure and start confessing the pressure, you stop the promotion that God wants to bring into your life. Amen. Amen. So you've got to learn how to talk right. You've got to learn how to speak life and not death. Can I get an amen? Amen. And so they were saying, man, we don't know how we're going to make it. I kept saying, hey, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God is going to see us through. Our God is our provider. Our God is our source. You keep saying that. You keep saying that. Before you know it, you start believing it. Before you know it, you start dancing. Before you know it, you start expecting it. And it's coming. Amen. Amen. I was saying, you know, uh, the Lord always seems to to, to put me in in high-pressure situations. High-pressure situations that demand for, for, for expensive stuff all the time. As I'm getting ready to coast, kick my shoes so I can relax, the Lord brings another project. As we were stepping in, we realized we needed cameras. And the budget was over 500,000, right? Buy all the cameras, buy all the video switches. And I didn't know where that was going to come from. But I, I had one thing going in my favor. I had a mouth and I could talk. Praise the Lord. As long as I have a mouth and I can talk, I'm going to say something contrary to what the numbers in the account speak. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Before you know it, Dillian calls and she says, man, we've got that money. You go buy those cameras. And we bought the cameras. As I was getting ready to coast, they said, uh, we're coming back to Eagle's Nest. We have to build the kids' section. Another, you know, half a million is going on to the building the project. As I'm getting ready to coast, I thought, man, that was enough. I'm getting ready to coast. God, you know, says we need to do a, a worship album. Each song costs 22000 to produce. We're looking at doing 10 or more songs on that album. I'm getting ready to coast. I'm getting ready to chill out, also have a break. And the Lord brings another project that costs a lot of money. I remember praying. I said, Lord, how come you never give me projects that are cheap? One, can, I on, can I also get a, an easy, cheap project? And the Lord said to me, he said, I'm not a cheap God. He said, because I paved my... In fact, we were, we were working on, on one of the songs, uh, 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 Father, Faithful Father, Faithful Father. What happened was, uh, you know, I woke up. It was a, a 1.30 in the morning. I woke up, started typing from a sermon. I said, man, let's start writing these songs. And, you know, and, and I'm typing from a sermon. He's my faithful father. I call you father. I call you whatever that I typed out. And this is in word. And I give it to the guys. And I like the team we have because they're not quick to shoot down ideas. He said, man, there's something in here. We can't see what it is, but there's something in here. And then I send it to, to, to someone else. and send a melody on WhatsApp. It's interesting how you write songs. It's word upon word. Send a melody. He said, I call you father. Faithful. Defender, my God, my healer. I said, ooh, that's good, that's good. So what's going to be the chorus? You send it to someone else. Uh, I will praise you, Lord. I'll exalt your holy name. And then that, that's all we had, right? And we, we're waiting there. We're waiting on the Lord. And the one time Marshall and Jose, they're here. They're recording. We're doing the demo thing. And Marshall just started playing. Uh, never forsaken. And Jose starts saying, you're me. He sent it to me. I'm driving. Send it to me. He said, ooh, we think this might be the bridge. Man, I'm celebrating. Ooh, this is me. It's not as polished as you hear it, but it's, it, man, you should learn to value whatever thing God brings your way with your words. Value it. Thank you, Lord. As you begin to appreciate him and praise him for that, he gives you more. Amen. Don't treat it like trash. Whatever the Lord brings your way, don't treat it like trash. Value it. Minister to it with the words of your mouth. Amen. 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 And then we did that. And so we took it in uh, for production. And now we're working on the production. We're working on the instruments. On Monday, we start at 8. We usually finish at 6. You know, we start at 10. We usually finish at 6. So we are there, and it was lunchtime. And now we, we're taking a break to have lunch, and we're sitting outside, and I could see the guys want to say something to me. One of the, you know, we, it's six of us or seven of us having lunch, and no one had the courage to say something because we've already spent a lot of money, right? And, they, they, you know, they, and then finally, you know, Kudzi gathered the courage. He said, Pastor, we're thinking we need to put an organ on this thing. And the first thing I ask is, how much? 
And then he, he told me, and, and because I've been meditating on this, the first thing I say is, oh, that, why so cheap? Come on. And then I looked at the musicians, and all of them started looking at me like, that means we undercharged this guy. <laughs> and then I turned around and I say, no, joking. <laughs> it's expensive. <laughs> but my first reaction was, hey, I'm not, the only way you can do that is if you're not looking to your own resources. The biggest challenge is you're trying to fulfill God's call with your wallet. The two will never match. If you are on God's call, you better learn how to speak like you're on God's budget. Amen. Amen. And so they said, man, we're going to put these uh, 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 organs on it. You, you should, I mean, it's, it's hilarious. You should see when we're going out to record. And I mean, I know a little some about music. I don't know a whole lot, but I know some. You know, when we put the singers in there, we put them in there, and I'm sitting there. They started singing, and the producer was in there. He said, I call you father, faithful defender. I said, ah, what's that ah for? What's that? Try to put it back in there. What's that? You ever seen me do this? I mean, pull out. I call you father. And I know some of you were singing that. Uh, don't sing that thing. That's not how we wrote the song. My God, my healer. Yes, you are. Sing it right. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so, man, we get to work. We get to work in there. And we're working on these songs. And, and here's the good part is that God continues to provide. God continues to, to provide the finances. He continues to provide the songs. Our responsibility really is to confess his word. Amen. It is to speak his word. In the midst of pressure, David and Goliath, remember the story? Uh, uh, Goliath and David, the day of the battle came. And, uh, you know, as Goliath, as David was approaching Goliath with his sling and his five stones, He's approaching Goliath. Goliath, the first thing he did is he starts talking to David. He also understands the power of confession. That before any battle is won, it must be won in your mouth first. So Goliath starts speaking to David. We call it, you know, trash talking. Even today it works. If you watch boxers, you know, they will get together and start saying, man, I'm going to beat you up round six. I'm going to do this and so on and so forth. What they're trying to do is to get you to take those words to heart. If you take them to heart, you've already lost at the press conference before the day of the battle. Amen. Amen. And so as he's running, uh, David, uh, Goliath says, man, am I a dog that you come to me with stones and sticks? And David knew uh, uh, to silence the voice of the accuser. Man, whenever you have a voice on the inside of you that's contrary to God's word, speak out loud what the word of God says. So you can silence in your mind, you need to be able to silence the voice that's contrary to God's word. Amen? Amen. And so David immediately, he said, can I also get a chance to say something? He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that dares to come against the armies of the living God? And he began to pronounce how he wanted to win the battle. He said, today, I am going to cut your head and feed your carcasses to the birds. And the minute he finished saying that, that's when the battle was won. All of that extra stuff, the throwing of the stone, the swinging of the, you know, sling, it was for the prognosticators, the, the people that walk by sight, people who don't even learned how to walk by faith. Those who walk by faith knew that the battle was won the minute David finished saying what he said. Just like you should know that the battle of your life is won the minute you finish saying what you say. Not the day the child is born. The minute you start speaking to your womb, the day you speak right to your... Don't curse that thing. Ooh, that would preach. The battle is won when you start speaking life to that bank account. You say, you are blessed. The battle is won when you start speaking favor to your career. 
When you start speaking favor to your colleague, that's when the battle is won. All of that other stuff that follows is just manifestation for those who can't walk by faith. Those who choose to walk by sight. Man, you start speaking life to your business. You start calling that thing a million dollar thing. That's when the battle is won. But you continue to call it a manga manga thing. Yeah, it's just, it's just this, this thing we are doing as a side. It's a side hustle. It's just a side Hassle. Why are you doing it if it's a side thing? No, it's not. This is the main hustle. This is the, this is the thing that's going to change the world. There's a guy who's got his main hustle is to pick up trash. That's his main hustle. He comes through your neighborhood and pick up beans and he makes multi-millions. And some of you, if you had give, God give, gave you that, you'd have called it, a, called it with your own mouth. You belittle that thing. You make that thing small. You say, this is a side hustle. This is just something that gives me money for weekends. You call it that, that's exactly what that thing is going to give you. Amen. Some of you make better chicken than KFC. You just have the wrong confession. The only difference between you and KFC is when he went in, he said, this is a multi-million dollar business. And when you go in, you say, it's just a sad asshole. And so you take that dream that God has given you, big dream, and you shrink it through the words of your mouth. And you say, it's just going to give me 500 rand. Oh, if it give, praise the Lord if it gives me 600 rand per week. That will be a breakthrough. And those are the words that you speak. And you are releasing those words into this thing that God never gives anyone anything small. God never gives small dreams. Everything that God has given you to do is a big dream. Do you know who makes it a small dream? We do. When God gave it to you, it wasn't a, a small dream. He wasn't just turning over 100,000 rand a month. When God gave it to you, it was a billion-dollar idea. And you started speaking to it. From billion-dollar, you cut that thing to 500 million. Oh, man, this thing is a side. You cut it some more to 250. Oh, that thing, is, you cut it to 10 million rand. And then you, you get together with your friends. And usually, this doesn't even take a week. From the day God gives you the dream. Sometimes it takes a day. You meet somebody else, you tell them, oh, God has given me, it's brilliant, you're excited. By 2 p.m., you've met three people, cut that sucker down to a thousand rand business because of the words of your mouth. Amen? And whatever you say, you're right. How about, how much is it going to cost you to say something bigger? You know the only thing it's going to cost you? It's persecution from your unbelieving friends. You start walking around saying, I'm rich. You're not going to get problems from, from faith people. You know, people that want to believe with you. You're only going to start getting problems from your... They're going to say, who do you think you are? You start walking around saying, God has given me this business. This is going to be the number one food business in the city, in Johannesburg. You start talking like that, you're not going to get problems from, from, from you know, uh, 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 people that walk by faith, that know how to walk by faith. You're going to get, pre and some of those people are in the church who don't know how to walk by faith. They're the people that are going to say, well, I don't think it's going to happen for you. And why should you hang around people like that? Man, if, you, if you're going to say something, say something big. Amen. Start talking big. Start saying, man, this is what we're going to do. We started talking about television before we went on television. We didn't know where the money was going to come from. We knew one day we're going to be on television. And we were talking big. Yeah, we're going to be on television. We're going to reach the continent of Africa. And sometimes you're going to get prophetic words that contradict your current situation. Thank God for those words and rehearse them. Repeat those words instead of what you're going through and where you're at. Man, we started believing God, and uh, we got a call, and they called us, and they said, hey, uh, we would like to uh, come and discuss television. I was actually with Kennedy driving to uh, Douglas, Douglasdale, you know, Nando's, when I got that call, and I looked to Kennedy, I don't know if you remember, I looked to Kennedy, and I said, I'm only going to do this if it's free of charge. And then it turned out the whole thing uh, was free of charge. Didn't spend money on it. The only thing we spent was uh, buying makeup. It's the only thing that we spent on that thing. <laughs> The trillions of dollars, millions of dollars they gave us, the only thing we spent was to buy uh, a Mac, Mac, makeup. <laughs> it's only a tough day. It's the toughest day of my life when I went to 
when I went to buy that makeup. It's the toughest day of my life. My wife told me those days, you know, we all used to work at the, uh, at the office. And so when she was leaving to go to the office and I'm leaving to go to my office, she gave me clear instructions. You go to Edgar's. When you, go, when you get to Edgar's, you're going to go to a stand that says MAC, M-A-C. She wrote it down for me. She says, when you get to them, you must ask them to give you three things. The foundation, I still remember, the foundation. And uh, I don't remember the other one, the, 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 the concealer and then the powder. Three things. So they're going to put the foundation is like the mud one, right? It's like mud. <laughs> that's the one, right? That's, that's the one. It's like the mud one. And then the concealer is like the, the lotion one, right? Yeah. And then the powder, they just take this porky thing and they, it, it pokes you. And so I went in there and then I said, this is what my wife said. And they look at me like, what, what would you... I said, no, it's for TV. And so they said, okay, you're going to have to sit on this uh, stool so we can check what uh, color you are. I said, no, I'm not going to sit on that stool. They said, why not? I said, because I'm in a hurry. We, I need, plus, I need everyone else in the store to know I'm not comfortable in here. This is not my space. And so they start to, you know, put the first thing. They, I mean, they're taking their sweet time. Come on, rush. And then I bought the, the things and then took it to, 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 to TBN at the time. And that's where we would, you know, 30 minutes. Poor, poor young lady, she's, she was sweet. Uh, she, she's Caucasian. She was the one who did my makeup. The first six episodes, she did a terrible. I didn't even know, but she did a mess of my OMG. Yeah. Yeah, she, she made me look like this. This is what she did. She made me look like this. I am telling you the truth. Now, the worst part is I didn't know it. So she didn't know that the first layer, you're actually supposed to rub it in. into the. So she would just plaster my face with that, with that stuff and then put the second thing. And then, you know, I went in six, seven episodes. Man, don't watch those first seven episodes. If you do, don't watch it on video. Just watch it on audio. On, on YouTube, and man, my face is gray. She's trying, but my face is gray. The only realization was this, this, uh, so she's this sweet lady, she's white, you know, so she thinks all of us are the same tone, color, so she's using, she's using somebody else, she's using Marshall's tone on my, on my. And then this colored lady walks in, true story. Scarlet lady walks in, she's the uh, FD. She sees her doing makeup at the eighth episode. She says, she said, what are you doing? She says, I'm doing his makeup. She says, no, that's not how She took the thing, she held my head. She's like, and she rubbed that stuff in. And from that day, I went, looked in my mirror. Finally, the makeup looks good. I was like, this is awesome. But I told them, I said, I, I told them, I told them this. I said, you know, I'm going to wear this makeup for TV because, you know, lights and all. Uh, and the, the reason, real reason why they needed to put makeup on me was, you know, they, they said the glory was too much. There was just too much. <laughs> yeah. That's what they said. They said. They said you got too much glory, Pastor, on your forehead. They said it's, it's shines, you know, Hallelujah. And so they said, we need to damper the glory for the people. You know, Moses, when he came back from the mountain, they couldn't look at him with their open faces. They said, people won't be able to watch the TV. Too much glory on that brother. Amen. And so those days, I, I didn't have hair. And so they would put makeup all the way to here. True story. It was bad. And then uh, uh, she gave me advice. She said, man, if you start growing your hair, Maybe we'll not, you know, put makeup. So I started growing it, and then they, you know, kind of uh, started, you know, putting makeup only on my face. But it was only on one condition. As soon as we are done, I'm taking it off. So they went and bought a big old thing of uh, 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 wet wipes. And so every time I would finish uh, preaching on TV, I would go to the bathroom and rub that thing on. You, you come off. No one will ever see me with this thing in real life. Can you imagine bumping into me at four ways more? And I mean, because this thing, this thing, is, it, it takes away all the shine on your face. And when they put Vaseline on your lips, it's like your lips are... 
Can you imagine bumping into the pastor and the lips are bright and it's, it's like, Pastor, are you okay? And I have to quit because I'm out of time. Why don't you stand on your feet? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Someone shout, I will speak life to my finances, to my body, to my situation. I will speak life to my marriage. I will speak life to my children. Man, some of you have to learn how to speak life to your children. Amen. Man, we have to uh, raise our children different. None of that, you, you just like your father. No, they're not. Because they are a different person. And God put different callings and anointings on their lives. That Just like that billion dollar, you have been belittling those things, shrinking them with the wrong words that you speak over those children. You are just like your father should only be used if it's in the positive. You are a genius just like your father. It's the only time it should be used. Can I get an amen? You know, you turn out just like your father. It should only be used if we are referring to the positive things that the father has done. Otherwise, you're taking that kid. Do you know they say every child is born with perfect pitch? In other words, if you take a child to a mall before they turn six and they hear a song playing, while you're driving home, if you ask them to sing the same song, they're going to sing it in the same key that it was being sung in the mall because they are born with a perfect pitch. They remember every child is a genius until they start getting around adults who don't know how to use their mouth. And we start taking all these glorious things that God has put on the inside of them through our words. Man, it's time to turn that around. It's time to speak life. Can I get an amen? Amen. Man, the job that you have right now, man, that could become your dream job if you change your confession. Can I get an amen? Amen. (laughs) The husband, the wife that you have right now, it would change if you started saying something more edifying. Amen. If you start talking to each other like you got sense, it would change the direction of that marriage. Do you know why marriage is collapsed? 99%. A lot of people, I'm not saying there are no other reasons, they are, but a lot of people don't know how to talk to people. They just don't know how to talk to people. If it's not edifying, don't say it. I mean, you can't function in marriage if every time you open your mouth, you're just putting somebody else down. Or you're just speaking bitterness. Or you're just bringing the past. Or you're just manipulating, trying to get your way. You can't function that way. You're going to have to do Ephesians 4.29. Check to see if it gives life. Is this edifying? Is this encouraging? Is this the way I would want someone to talk to me? Would this make me want to just, you know, do more for my spouse? Or it's going to take away the little that I have. And you'll start learning how to... Do you know how I ended up at the altar? Uh, with my wife saying I do I knew how to use words I walked up to her I said mommy mommy chulo did it hurt I said did it hurt she said what I said when you fell from heaven she said oh that's different I said now can I get your name oh words amen now, if, the, if your words got you that woman, what makes you think that you can say whatever you want and keep her? Amen. If your words was the thing that brought the connection, you better realize it's going to take your words to sustain it. Let me pray for you. We'll wrap it up. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we just thank you for these, your precious, precious children. Lord, we just thank you even for this uh, law of confession, this instruction 
I believe from the throne of heaven for us to learn how to use our words so we can speak life and not death so we can be the ones that speak faith and not doubt Lord I thank you that you have empowered these your precious children to be divine orchestrators not just social commentators and Lord I thank you that from this day onwards they will be a special attention to the words of their mouth they will not speak words that are careless they will not speak words of destruction but they will speak words of life words of increase words of possibility words that speak big dreams not little dreams big dreams impossible dreams we will speak them out and spell it out thank you father that even in relationships teach these your precious children to know how to talk to one another to know how to ask for forgiveness we speak against the 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 spirit that old spirit from the devil that spirit of ego we speak against it right now in the name of Jesus we say go you have no part you have no portion in this place but the spirit of grace seasoned with grace so that we may minister the same to the hearers father we just thank you and we give you all of the praise it is in Jesus name that we pray and someone shout amen we hope this message has been a blessing to you thank you for listening to find out more about how you can become a partner visit faithhill.tv today.